Welcome to the Whitewater Podcast. Stay tuned at the end of the message for church resources and more information about Whitewater. For now, let's dive into this week's message together. Don't miss the moment. Today we're going to be talking about how we don't miss the moment, how we can embrace the moment, and how we can maybe redeem those moments that we have missed. I remember nearly missing the moment when I was preoccupied and worried one time. I was on the phone and I was solving problems for church and life. And Novella, my eight-year-old daughter, was following me around while I was on the phone and texting and worrying and problem solving. And she was trying to tell me something. I didn't know what it was. And I was just kept pacing. I was almost oblivious to her. And all of a sudden, I noticed her as she turned away to walk away from me. I was like, I'm missing a moment. And I said, Novella, come here. And what she had been trying to do is she showed me, she's like, dad, I have a loose tooth and I wanted to show you, which is like a big marker in the Bedlam family. And I had to apologize immediately. I felt the loose tooth and started to answer her questions about the monetary value of her teeth, you know, with the tooth fairy and the money that she could get from the tooth fairy and all that stuff. And in my distraction and preoccupation, I almost missed the moment. Has that ever happened to you? Moments in life come and we either see them embrace them, or we miss them. God uses moments in our lives for our good and for our growth. Last week, we looked at the story of Mary and Martha and how Jesus was really helping them step into a cultural moment. Today, I want to look at another angle at the story of Mary and Martha as a real instructive story for moments in our lives. In this story, Martha is really the focus character. And I think Luke, the author of the book of Luke, told this story in this way because so many of us can find ourselves in Martha's shoes. So I want us to notice the contrast of Mary and Martha. First off, Mary is seated at the feet of Jesus to learn from him in this moment. Martha is standing outside the room in judgment, asking Jesus to correct her sister. Mary is listening. Martha is serving. Mary's in the room of cultural leadership where the men would sit. Martha is standing outside the room of cultural leadership. We covered that a little bit last week. Now, Martha wants to correct lazy bones Mary, who's more importantly sitting in the wrong room. Uh, She should be with the women. She should be with Martha, not this leadership space, not the space where males would sit. This shows that it's possible to serve Jesus without listening to Jesus. It's possible to miss empowerment moments, learning moments, and cultural moments without even knowing it. It also causes us to ask the question, have we postured ourselves to stand in self-righteous judgment like Martha? Or have we postured ourselves to sit and learn from Jesus like Mary? I want to look at three ways that this story teaches us that we can miss the moment, but also three ways that we can embrace and redeem the moments in our lives. The first way to miss the moment is this. Martha was mad at the moment. (laughs) Have you ever been mad at the moment? Maybe something's going on in your house right now and you're kind of mad in this moment, like the house is a mess or like the coffee was all drank and you got no coffee for yourself or whatever it might be. You ever been mad in the moment? Martha says this, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to prepare the table all by myself? Tell her to help me. She's mad at her sister. I remember a moment I missed when I was kind of mad. I had a, me and Sarah Sarah were having a bit of a COVID disagreement and not about COVID, just in the middle of COVID. I don't know if you guys have ever had uh, more disagreements with friends and family members. We were just having a disagreement. 
And I remember just being so like frustrated in the moment that I just kind of was, I was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to walk ahead and kind of just get out, get my frustration out. So I walked on ahead and it was in that moment that we were near the ocean and some whales breached and started jumping near the beach. And I missed the whales <laughs> because I was sulking somewhere else. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever missed the moment because you were mad. So how do we embrace and redeem those moments when we're struggling with being mad, angry, frustrated? Instead of being mad at the moment, slow down judgment. Don't rush to judgment. Ask what and maybe why is this moment triggering my anger and my emotions so deeply? Think about how you think, like think about how you think and how you feel before letting the feelings tell you what to think <laughs> and do. Sometimes our uh, feelings tell us what to do and think before our actual, you know, will and our own thinking does. And we need to kind of get what the Bible calls self-control. It's one of the fruit of the spirit. Some, some of us, you might just need to like unclench your hands, unclench your jaw, go for a walk, slow your heart rate, do what you can to slow down. Our emotions shouldn't be controlling us because they, they can potentially be very damaging if we allow them to control us. Here's another thing. Do you notice how in Martha's anger, she tries to use Jesus <laughs> as a bludgeon to get Mary to do what she wants, to kind of manage the situation, to control the situation. Oftentimes when we're emotional, we're upset, we're angry, we're mad at the moment, like we, we go into control mode or, you know, whatever our, whatever our emotional reaction is when we're triggered. Christians, I want to encourage you, slow down before you start using your Bible or Jesus as a bludgeon to protect something that you think is really important or to get your agenda across. Slow it down. When Martha does this, she also is using Jesus to confirm her desires and confirm her biases. <laughs> Have you ever done that or seen someone do that? Confirm their biases, you know, with Jesus or some aspect of their, you know, their religion, because that really bolsters it and makes it a stronger argument, especially when we're mad and our emotions are taking over. That can happen. I want to encourage you to instead of thinking, how can I judge this person, correct this person, condemn this person first? I want you first to think, what can I learn from this person and this situation? Instead of being mad at the moment, slow down judgment and don't rush to judgment. The second way to miss the moment is this. Martha was worried about the many things instead of focusing on the moment. Martha was preoccupied with many things instead of prioritizing the one thing, Jesus, who was in her home. She was serving Jesus, but not listening to Jesus. Martha was preoccupied with getting everything ready for their meal. It says in Luke chapter 10, verse 40. In verse 41, Jesus responds to Martha and he says, Martha, Martha, you can hear him with a bit of a chuckle. You are worried and distracted by many things. One thing is necessary. So easy to get focused on the many things rather than the moment. This story is placed right next to the story of the Good Samaritan. Luke, the author, is wanting us to see the connections between the Good Samaritan story and the story of Mary and Martha. Now, if you remember the story of the Good Samaritan, I'll make it really quick. A religious leader slash Bible interpreter, that was the guy's job, asked Jesus, what's the greatest commandment in the scripture? Jesus bounces the ball back to him and asks him back, well, what do you think it is? You're the expert. You're the interpreter. The religious leader is now on the hot seat, <laughs> which often happened when people would try to, you know, trap Jesus. 
And he answers back, well, it's to, it's to love God and, and love your neighbor. You know, just to make, I'm shortening it, but to love God and love your neighbor. That's, that's the great, great commandment. And Jesus says, yep, that's it. Go and do that. So the Bible interpreter tries to justify his question and asks Jesus, well, well, who's my neighbor then? This question reveals that the religious leader slash Bible interpreter knows what to do or what he should do, but doesn't know how to do it. He doesn't know how to interpret the Bible as an interpreter. (laughs) Jesus responds to his question with the story of the Good Samaritan that you all know. Two religious leaders walk past a man on the side of the road who's been robbed and beaten. They don't stop. They don't help him. Presumably, they're too busy serving God to stop and help this man. In contrast, a Samaritan walks by, sees the man, and has compassion on him as a neighbor. Now, jumping back to Martha's moment, in light of the Good Samaritan story, Martha feels like she's being the Good Samaritan. She's serving and caring for Jesus. And her lazy, no good, rotten, maybe that's too far, but her sister is being like the religious leaders who did nothing to help. Martha sees herself as the hero, the good Samaritan in her own story. But Jesus reframes her narrative to help her see that she's missing the moment. She isn't the good Samaritan in this story. She's actually acting like the religious leaders from the story who are too distracted with many things and religious things and good things to see the moment right in front of them to help the man who was robbed and beaten. She is so preoccupied. She has walked by the moment, walked by the room and walked past her sister. Jesus has invited her into this room. He's invited her into this space and he's inviting her to see this moment, to not let it pass her by. This is a moment to learn to listen to Jesus. It's a learning moment. It's a cultural moment. Jesus is breaking barriers of, that are cultural by inviting her and Mary into a room where leadership is happening, where the men are becoming scribes and teachers of the kingdom. She's missing a kingdom empowerment moment too. Jesus is asking her to step into a room and a role that she's never thought possible before. And Jesus is helping her embrace and redeem this moment. As we noted earlier, she's rushing to judgment and judging her sister. And she's saying to Jesus, will you bludgeon her? Tell my sister. I love how Jesus just chuckles and says, Martha, Martha, Martha. Sometimes we are so unaware of how we look from Jesus' perspective. All angry, all upset, hurt, pointing fingers, blaming. When we are sometimes so off in our own attitude and our own actions. We can't see ourselves. So how do we embrace and redeem this moment? Instead of being distracted and preoccupied in the moment, keep it simple and stay focused. Stay focused on the moment, the main thing. Don't get distracted. The third and final way to miss the moment that we're pulling out of this story is this. Martha misinterpreted the moment. Jesus says, Martha, Martha, you're beginning to sense the pattern here. You are worried and distracted by many things. One thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the better part and it won't be taken from her. Now that's Luke 10, 42. Jesus reveals on an even deeper level to Martha that she has misinterpreted herself and the story of the Good Samaritan. And because of that, she's misinterpreted the whole situation. She's not the Good Samaritan in this situation. Her sister is. Mary has seen the moment and embraced it. And the moment won't be taken from her. Martha is unknowingly 
the scribe and religious leader as well. Not just the religious leaders who walk by the man who was beaten broken, but the original scribe or religious Bible interpreter that asked Jesus the question, what's the greatest commandment? He didn't know how to interpret from scripture to life and simply love his neighbor in the moments of real life, which was his job to be an interpreter. He needed Jesus to become his interpreter on how to love God and love people. This is really powerful. Notice the contrast between how Mary and Martha received Jesus at the beginning of the story. In verse 38, it says, Martha welcomed him as a guest. She welcomed Jesus as a guest. She had a sister named Mary who sat at Jesus' feet and listened to his message. By contrast, Martha was preoccupied with getting everything ready for their meal. Now check this out. Martha had welcomed Jesus as her guest, while Mary had welcomed Jesus as a guest and teacher. Martha focused on a meal for Jesus. Mary focused on the message of Jesus. Because Mary welcomes Jesus as a guest and a teacher, she sits close, leaning in and listening to Jesus. Martha welcomes Jesus only as a guest or friend, and so she stands far from him and does nice things to serve him. Martha thinks she's the good Samaritan by serving Jesus and meeting his needs, but she's missing the moment because she assumes that she knows how to interpret the moment and serve Jesus, when in reality, she actually needs to listen to Jesus. When Martha thinks she's the good Samaritan, she's actually being like the scribe and religious leader. She needs to slow it down and listen to Jesus' voice. She needs to sit at his feet. Let Jesus be your teacher and interpreter, not only your guest and friend so that you don't misinterpret the moment. How do we embrace and redeem this moment? Welcome Jesus as your teacher, not just your guest and friend. Sit at Jesus' feet and let him teach you how to love God and how to love your neighbor. It is possible to serve Jesus without listening to Jesus. This is how we miss the moment, and this is how we often serve ourselves or our agenda or someone else's agenda. Treat Jesus Like a special friend and guest, don't allow yourself to only treat Jesus like the special buddy, friend, and guest that you invite over once in a while and treat really nice, but not your teacher, not someone that that you can learn about all of life from. How many moments are we mad at misinterpreting, missing, because we're not sitting at the feet of Jesus listening to our teacher? We're distracted, we're worried, we're comparing, we're correcting, we're standing, we're serving. We need to first sit and listen. I want to lean into this aspect as Jesus as a teacher. It's sad that some Christians haven't treated Jesus as a primary teacher for their life. And so it's no wonder that you see Christians and the church struggling to look different than the world. Jesus' ethical and spiritual teachings are miraculous in how brilliantly they understand humans, our need for identity, our selfish impulses. How crucial it is to learn how to forgive and love enemies. Jesus' teaching as our teacher, as our rabbi, is one of the greatest arguments for trusting in him and becoming a Christian. I would encourage you to try following in the teachings and way of Jesus and see what it does for your life. Some of you might say, well, I'm fine by by myself. Well, I would just say, How is life going for you right now? And would it really hurt to begin practicing some of those ways? Doesn't mean you have to believe or consider yourself even a Christian yet. Start allowing Jesus to awaken you to the moments that maybe you've been missing all around you. I guarantee you you won't be the same person six months to a year from now. You'll be able to be more present. You'll be more forgiving, more generous. 
you won't be the same person. I want us to kind of land the plane with a few thoughts here today. When we miss the moment, we maintain the status quo. When we embrace the moment, we learn and grow. So many times Christians individually and Christians, I guess institutionally, can think that they're being the good Samaritan and think in their self-righteous anger and judgment that they're justified in their actions, their attitude, and their words. When in reality, their posture is really created the reality that they're preoccupied religious leaders walking past their neighbor, missing the moments of loving God and neighbor. They're blind to it. They're like Martha standing in judgment when they could be like Mary seated at the feet of Jesus, humbly learning from Jesus to see and embrace and redeem the moments of their life. So Martha's line When she came to Jesus, she said, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to prepare the table all by myself? And look, indignation. Tell her to help me. I think many of us can begin to have that logic with Jesus and that conversation with Jesus. And maybe in COVID world, we have. Maybe it's George or Sarah or you or someone you know has come to Jesus and said, Lord, Don't you care that my friend has left me to join the Democrats or the Republicans? Tell them they are wrong and to come help me. Or maybe, so we come to Jesus and say, Lord, don't you care that they have left me alone and in pain? Tell them they are wrong and to come and help me. Or maybe we come to Jesus and say, Lord, don't you care that they have left me to trust in science? Tell them they're wrong to help me and my cause. Or, Lord, don't you care that they've, they've left me to get into the racial tension and to talk about those things? Tell them that they're wrong and to come help me, support me and my cause. We can get into that logic and that conversation with Jesus. And we're standing in the place of Martha and we miss the moment. And we don't know it. I love Jesus' answer. Martha, Martha, Martha. Maybe it's George, George, George. Sarah, Sarah, Sarah. Church, 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 you are worried and distracted by many things. But here, church, listen up. One thing is necessary. We're invited to sit at Jesus' feet and to listen to his voice before we act. We're learning from Jesus' voice how to love God and to love others. And we want to learn how to embrace the moment and redeem the moments so that we can learn and grow. Remember this, when we miss the moment, we maintain the status quo. When we embrace the moment, we learn and grow. Thanks again for joining us this week. At Whitewater, we believe in creating an environment where you can belong before you believe. If you wanna learn more about who we are and what we believe in, visit us at our website, whitewaterchurch.org. If you'd like to contribute to Whitewater financially, you can give online at whitewaterchurch.org give. Or if you want to get involved in blessing our communities or are interested in joining a home church, email us at info at whitewaterchurch.org. Have a great week, and we'll see you next time.